1: Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. This programme was previously broadcast live on
2: Lovesport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Lovesport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Lovesport.
3: Good evening, you are listening to Love Sport Radio, and me, Matt Beadle, with you through to 11pm. It's our Friday night fan show special, and first up, of course, it is the boys from the Chelsea fancast. Jonathan Kidd is here go. with me in the studio. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, mate. All right. <laughs> How are we doing? Can you, can you do the show like that for the yeah, entire I'm going day? Yeah, I've got
4: no problem. I'll do that. It? No problem at all. I've got no taste but if that's okay with you let's do that come on then. come on you blues Chelsea Chelsea la, 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 la. I haven't been since 1945 but what are they playing like now?
3: <laughs> what a start to the show genuine laughter here in the studio you should see Jonathan his facials as he's doing that little impression as well we've got plenty coming up over the course of the next hour of course the news that Rhys James has signed a five year deal at the club or extended his stay we should say Connor Gallagher has returned from Charlton but gone back out to Swansea I can imagine Lee Bowyer and the rest of the addicts will not be happy about that we're going to be touching on some more transfer news some potential news of course the the comments from Gus Poyet that Chelsea need to avoid going backwards and must sign a player in the January window can't wait to hear what you think of that kiddo we're going to be looking back At the game against Burnley, looking ahead to the game against Newcastle. And while we do that, we're going to have another member of the fan cast on the line. The trusty, the reliable Stamford Chidge joins us via Skype.
2: Hooray!
3: Hurrah! Hurrah indeed. (laughs) There he is. Hello, Mr. Chidge. How are we?
0: Well, I'm I'm still recovering from Jonathan's rather toothless introduction.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Chidge, mate. How are you? The, the, image,
0: the image I have of you in my head at the moment is not a pleasant one. But it's lovely <laughs> to I, hear your I'm
4: dulcet naked? tones. Is that what it is? Thank you very much. How lovely of you. How sweet. <laughs> Good thank to hear you. you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank well, you. Thank you.
3: Well, gents, it's been another busy week, like we said, in the life or of or the not. Blues. Well or not kind of a bit of both really i yeah. suppose let's start on a positive with Rhys James a new five year contract fantastic
4: uh, he's the future brilliant brilliant possibilities great player um across like beckham uh, just needs to improve a bit of defending speedy a huge unit uh, poor old um uh who was the poor bloke from uh, brighton who suffered the the back? poor what's his name um, man. burn Burnier, yeah, poor old bloke, who just all they did was to have a normal challenge, just, it wasn't anything else going mm. on there, and um he's really a uh, top player, they really have unearthed somebody absolutely excellent there, and in fact, you the cries for can we get a left back who's a bit similar, poor old Dave, it just it's the he fits perfectly into a way that Frank wants to play. Uh, and is dynamic and uh, such a unit, as I've said. And um, I'm I'm very pleased they've nailed him, but it's really likely they would because he's not going to go. He's been with the club since he was six, isn't it right, Chidge? Six, he's been there since...
0: Yeah, it's it's got to be. I mean, like like a lot of them, like Callum Hudson-Odoi. I mean, they've all been there for for a very very long time, and I'm I'm just so delighted to see him. You know, sign for five years. I mean, I, I, we all know that in the broader scheme of things, you know, the length of the contract doesn't really mean a lot. But I think Jonathan's right, Matt. It shows such a great commitment from them. I mean, he looks so excited to be signing and, oh, and they're just so into it. It's just also But also, he was, he was so
4: good the other day with Adoy, wasn't he? It was actually yeah, very yeah. revelationary. And with Tammy as well. And uh, even Barkley, who played very well the other day, looked as if he was involved in the setup up by, by just constantly spraying the ball down the wing to them both. You think, well, if that can work, then uh, oh, the future is... Uh, is very rosy indeed, or very, very impressive. Yeah, I'm really pleased, but he's not likely to go anywhere else, is he? Because he's so committed to the club, and he's obviously pleased that he's got that he's got the opportunity. I mean, I'm you, you know fantastic. You would hope,
0: you would hope so, wouldn't you? you but would I mean, you so. know, if 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 you think about, I mean, you know, what the club gets a bit of a kicking from all of us, to be fair, on so many issues. But I have to say, since Marina has been in charge of a lot of this kind of stuff, she's proved to be a pretty doughty negotiator and she doesn't take any nonsense and I think it is shrewd to get him now get him signed up for a long contract because look at all the kerfuffle we had with Callum Hudson-Odoi last season with Bayern Munich now I know things have changed considerably and the the youngsters are now actually you know, absolutely can see that they actually do have a future at the club. Have a route, but yeah. even so, it'll stop a lot of the bigger clubs sniffing around because he is a he. This kid is a very, very good player. I'm
4: intrigued as to. How, it was rumoured that he was getting ninety thousand a week, which is nowhere near the, what the the Fierdoy was getting. So there must have been some uh, tactful add-ons in that, I'd have thought, otherwise. Uh, I mean, not that jealousy is something you hope that he suffers from, but there seems to be a, a slight wage difference between the two of them. But um, so I wonder how that's been uh, that's been set up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they dropped one, didn't they, when they when they cut? I mean, one gets the impression that they they were pressured into that or caved in a bit to Hudson and Doyle because that was a lot of money to be paying a youngster. It was, and of course we we see it so many times, don't we, with other clubs. It doesn't, half cause trouble when they all suddenly want the, you know, the same amount. But you know, one one trusts them to do it well and. I, I mean, look, it'd be naive of us all to sit here saying, "Oh, but they all love playing for the club, and they all bleed blue, and they like us," because at the end of the day, they are professional footballers, and you know, it is a job for them. But uh, hopefully, you know, they'll all they'll, they'll all get signed up. They're all they're all worth it, and they all stay there for as long as possible, because it'd be great to see, wouldn't it?
4: And also, the environment's clearly good for them, and that they're playing with their mates, and they're going to get an opportunity. So it um, it augurs well, really, for the club, doesn't it?
3: Indeed, it does. Living the dream as well, Rhys James said, didn't he? Actually compared himself yeah. a bit. Well, he said he likes the comparisons to David Beckham, said he's been one of the best crossers of a football, as we know, in English football over the past 50 years, or in history, I suppose. So enjoys those comparisons, says he's living the dream, wants to stay with Chelsea for the rest of his career. Fellas, I just want to quickly touch on these comments from Gus Poyet today, because in a sense, they've kind of been uh, sensationalised a bit, I suppose you could say, but he has... He has been asked about Chelsea's transfer window and what Frank needs to do. And he said, you know, everything's all good at the moment, but this is Chelsea. He said it is tricky, but you have to add, if you stand still, you go backwards because the rest keep moving forward.
4: Didn't Bruce Buck say at the press conference today, we're buying someone, but um, we're not going to tell you yet. And Frank then said, oops, Bruce has put the pressure on me. Mm. So this that throws Gus's story into the water, doesn't it? The fact that Bruce says we're buying somebody, the chairman says we're buying somebody, they're buying somebody. And and so uh, I think that's therefore instantly become old news, I'm afraid. Poor old Gus. <laughs> his,
3: his headline oh. that he was desperate to create has already been pushed back.
4: Yeah, already, instantly. <laughs> instantly.
0: I mean, what what does one say? I mean, this Gus Poya, a man who got fired from Bordeaux last year because uh, he questioned the Bordeaux selling somebody, I mean it's about as relevant as, as, as something that's totally irrelevant to sound like Blackadder. But um, yeah, well, Bruce, well done, Bruce. Cause I mean, the, 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 you know, in the, in the presser today, I thought Frank did a very good job of, you know, batting down all sorts of uh, transfer speculation. Uh, and uh, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Cause I mean, you know, obviously we're all privy to social media and the oh. lunacy that goes on oh. there and everybody, you know, spitting their dummy out because we haven't signed anybody Ultimately, it's up to Frank and all the people at the board as to who we sign. we've all we've all been saying, I mean, you know i heard I heard you before before we went on air, Matt, you know the whole idea of Frank getting a free pass. we had a transfer ban. Nobody expected to be able to sign anybody. Add that to the fact that you very rarely sign any real quality. Uh, in the January transfer window and if we have to wait until the summer then and to get really good world class players in which is what we need then so be it It doesn't bother me in the slightest I think he said today it has to be a player
4: that works in my system which is too damn right absolutely right he can't buy yeah. somebody who does, who's a I don't know just somebody who's a superstar who won't won't fit essentially so uh um and also I I like the fact that he he has made several pronouncements that are completely counter to what has been going around. Um, yeah. Some really eminent journalists, as usual. I'm All very. Like Duncan Castle. And well, not only him, but I'm. 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 <laughs> I'm not. I'm not pleased with the way that certain London newspapers
0: have been dealing. Really? with Really, dish the dirt, Jonathan. Well, dish I the just dirt. feel that
4: I'll mention it. I just feel I'm allowed to say name and the, shame. I feel the standard have been a completely lazy. It's been absolutely absurd to have a story about Ake. For goodness' sake. And then to talk about um, uh, Barclay going to West Ham and uh, Giroud going to Inter. None of those have been... Frank, in fact, said, he quoted, he said, um, Giroud's going nowhere while we haven't bought anybody. And yet, you'd have th- it's all done and dusted according to the standard. He's gone. I have to say somebody who has gone is Ashley Young, of course. Of the five players going to Inter Milan... From the Premier League, all of whom are over 29, according to the papers. Um, um, Moses, there's one of them. Ericsson. Mourinho said this evening, Ericsson's still here. I haven't received an offer from Inter Milan, mm. so it's all absolutely fabricated. And and several people have have complained that there have I got you know dealing with Ron's rumours. Well, Ron, to be fair, has hardly said anything um, counter to all of this. Ron has. Got well, I, I saw a, a... I
0: saw a tweet recently by Ron saying there is no truth to any of the rumours whatsoever. I'm keeping shtum. Yeah, absolutely right. Because all the people that
4: he's mentioned, it's it's. Uh, He's been absolutely correct about so far. He hasn't, it's his main thing at the moment is is that, uh, that they're going to sign somebody to put, comp- put competition against Kepper, which makes absolutely great sense. He, he also said, sense. if anybody
0: argues with me, I'm going to throw a Millwall brick at them. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I would say, gents, that part of this problem is the global phenomenon that is the Premier League. And sadly, yeah, we are yeah. fuelled by transfer yeah. speculation slash, like you're saying, kiddo, complete nonsense that yeah. fills newspapers, fills uh, various internet sites, gets you the clickbait, gets you the headlines yeah, that gets yeah. people talking and, dare I say it, sometimes helps you fill a quarter of a section of a radio and show.
4: Indeed, indeed. It's perfect for that. But, some, you know, let's look at some of the rumours. Um, Christensen off to... Uh, where was he supposed to be going to? Milan, Right. Uh, Frank came on and said uh, luckily at least our manager is aware of some of these rumours and he said last week no that's not happening and then he played excellently against Burnley thus w- in fact we will he be playing tomorrow against Newcastle with Rudiger because that pairing was really excellent it was like a blooding for Christensen because uh, um uh, Woods gave him a very hard time and yet there he was, head and shoulders above him and Woods, and, and there were several players lying on the floor with head injuries in the uh, Burnley game that, um, that n- not as a consequence of anything illegal just from normal challenges so he came through that very well so he's not going anywhere. The, the manager has now made a statement that Barkley isn't going anywhere and that was never on anywhere any, at all anyway so that was just absolutely fabricated, this loan to West
3: Ham. Although and, I would say even though that, is, that has been fabricated, you are I suppose are one of the people on this show Indeed. who kind of said, "Yeah, do you know, no, what? it's time no, for no, him but, to leave." But no,
4: but then, to my bemusement, he he played really excellently against Burnley, and the manager went, "Oh yeah," and you go, and then there's a, an article in the newspaper which I haven't been paying much attention to. It actually says, and he says, "I had a leg injury. None of us knew about it."
0: No, I think I think the other the other point about that, Matt, is it underlines. I mean, come on, we all work in the media, you know. We know how it works. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you've got David Moyes, who's just arrived as the new manager of West Ham. Barkley uh, came through while Moyes was the manager of Everton. Yeah, it makes sense. They put two and two together. Yeah. And they add five, and there they have a story. And it takes it. You know, it, it, the the blue touch paper is lit. Fuel is added to the fire. And uh, you know more clickbait is enjoyed by one and all. That's what happens. But I, I, and I l- love the fact that Frank just completely dissed yes, it. Yes, he it. Yes,
4: I love that as well. Well, uh, the fact that the worst to me has been this um, this the uh, ludicrousness of the uh, the inter purchases, which really don't make any sense at all. That uh, you know they're all over twenty nine. At least Young is gone. I still don't understand why Conte's bought him, mm-hmm. but. Uh, um, you've got Young and uh, and Giroux The G- Giroud was done and dusted, according to the newspapers. No- nothing's happened at all.
0: Um, well, that's the only. That's the only one that Frank kind of admitted that something might happen. My, but he's talked about bringing in
4: somebody. Complete. It's always about bringing yeah. somebody in, isn't it? He said yeah, that absolutely. I'm not selling anybody unless we've got a
0: replacement. So. Uh, anyway I've heard a rumour that you, you might be uh, rumoured to be making a transfer to Chelsea and getting your boots dusted down Jonathan is that true
2: yeah,
4: that's yeah. 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 <laughs> hang on I've got hernia hang on a second
3: we, we're just going to let him fix that hernia there for Jonathan <laughs> Kidd I suppose part of the argument of Serie A as well and some of these older players as well is that perhaps Serie A a slightly slower league maybe suited better to a lot of these older players like Ashley Young what a move that is we'll wait and see what happens with Olivier Giroud but next Next up, we're going to be talking about that victory over Burnley last week to stop that home hoodoo curse.
2: For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. It's
3: a Chelsea fan show here on Love Sport. And me, Matt Beadle, with the guys from the Chelsea fan cast, Jonathan Kidd. Yep, Kidd. And Stanford, chis joining us via Skype. Evening all. <laughs> Chaps, all it took was another hop, another skimp, and uh, skimp, another skimp, skip. he's certainly not skimping, that's for sure. <laughs> another skip and another jump from Jorginho to open the scoring against Burnley last week. 3 will, three nil for Chelsea, making sure it wasn't three home defeats on the bounce. Can we quickly talk about Jorginho's penalty? Because we've spoken about this many times before in the show, but it just keeps getting better. And the fact that goalkeepers simply cannot read him knowing full well what he's going to do, it's just incredible. Does he he leave it for a moment to look at them,
4: to make them, so they dive and he then changes his angle? Is that what he does? Is he that competent at taking penalties? Oh, absolutely.
3: Penalties? He, well, we're seeing this now more and more with yeah. the modern footballer. You see it with uh, Pierre-Emerick or Bamiang of Arsenal as well. Pretty much watches the keeper all the way. In some cases, doesn't even look down at the ball. And just watches the goalkeeper. The keeper, yeah. 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 Back in the yeah. day, Heide Helgerson of Watford and QPR, and QPR. fame. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. he was brilliant at doing it. and He speaks to a lot of goalkeepers back then and none of them could ever save his penalties. It's the same with Jorginho. He got a
4: wonderful penalty against um, Chelsea when... Uh, uh, our favourite manager was the Queen's Park Rangers manager, Chidge, um, Mr Warnock, when uh, he just stood um, basically on David Luiz. I remember it was just down below me, and Louise somehow managed to have a... The referee gave a penalty when... Um, it, he didn't actually do anything at all, Luiz. Helgerson just sort of caved in beautifully. And I've always remembered. And I had a terrible experience because I went out that evening and met him in the pub. Not the pub, in a restaurant. There he was with about six Queen's Park Rangers players. And I found myself forced to say very good penalty. Um, Mr Helgerson which I didn't want to say at all but I was just, there he was in front of me and I just stood up and there he was and I went oh god oh, oh, what do I do what do I do help and rather than just ignore him I felt duty bound because it was a great penalty actually as you said that's exactly he was terribly good at that as well but he would achieved got the penalty by, by a nefarious dark art right
3: okay you know. we like to think that Jorginho isn't doing that in terms no, of no, his no, penalties no, as well I think it, so it's 19 scored now he's missed just once and that was for Napoli against Udinese back in 2017 Simone Scott scuff it i'm going to say scuff it what would it be you know an italian simone scuff Scuffet. scoffey
1: Scuffet. there we go i don't
3: know i'm a french uh, maybe the french sea's french. silent or oh, what soufflé I'll you know, uh, well, only...
0: tell you what, Jorginho doesn't scuff it, does he? Well, that's what
3: I was going to say. You got there oh, before no. me, oh, sorry, sorry. As it goes you See, it... there we go.
0: That's because I'm on Skype and you weren't able to give yeah, me the eye. Yeah, to eyes. read your
4: lips or give you give you the eye, that's right. <laughs> see, I I like he gives like give, like give to the goalkeeper. Yeah,
0: exactly. and he that's, did... that's the amazing thing about Jorginho, Matt. I mean, what I can't understand, I mean, you're you you know, you're a bit of a goalkeeper expert. Uh, I mean, actually, funnily enough, hopefully we'll, we'll have Clayton on in a minute, who's also a goalkeeper expert. But what I cannot understand is why they always fall for it because he's absolutely metronomic in what he does i mean you know he always, he puffs his cheeks out for a couple of times take a couple takes a couple of side steps, and then he walks towards the ball you know and it's that little hop and a skip it, they know he's going to do that and yet they they seem they seem to be like a, a rabbit in the headlights and they just go they just go early And that's it. Well, what should they do?
4: Should they just wait for him then? But if they just stand in the middle and don't do anything, the ball still goes in the corner.
0: Yeah, but you say that. But that's what I mean. Like, do you know what? I can't remember the goalkeeper. It might have been uh, Edison. But uh, you know, in the in the Caribou Cup final last uh, last season, I had a good view of it, obviously because it was down our end, and I was quite high up. Uh, but that, I think, is what Edison did. He waited for him, and that's why he missed it. And the cup, and the cup, belonged to Man City, you know. So Ooh,
4: well, remember. So he has missed another penalty, but it was in a shootout. Well, that, yeah, that yeah, was shootout, a shootout. Yeah. Not, His record's
0: yeah. not so good in shootouts, yeah, yeah. apparently. He's I, like I, four out of six.
3: I do think that we. I mean, listen, penalties are a fifty-fifty chance in terms of in terms of the goalkeeper. Sometimes you've just got to suck it up and you go. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. You're not going to lose out anything as a goalkeeper, really, because you're not judged by penalties. But I do think. Or Kiddo, whoever it said, is actually right. Maybe now with Jorginho, you do. Rather than gamble, you wait because sometimes he doesn't hit them too far in the corner and you go, do you know what? I'm going to try and react in fear of repeating, you know, a Peter Shilton 1990 scenario where you wait for everyone and dive and look like you're close to it but absolutely nowhere near it. But I think that is probably the best tactic now for goalkeepers because, yeah, he's just unbeatable. Elsewhere in that game, uh, fellas, we've got to talk about Callum Hunter Odoi. First goal for the club, first Premier League goal for the club.
4: Well, he was great with uh, uh, Rhys James' second half. I felt the first um, uh, 20 minutes, it was, um, uh, it was a bit hit and miss. Frank said that the energy was there from the beginning, but I thought the head started going down. I thought the Burnley started getting into it, particularly after their uh, VAR disallowed goal. Um, but, I mean, in essence... Um, you know, poor old Burnley. As I say, poor old Burnley he was. They, they, they do use the long ball a lot, and they try and play Woods in to, to play the ball down for uh, you know second phase ball in the penalty area or even wherever he controls it. And He's a decent player. Um, uh, somebody had a, a go at him on social media. That they said he was just a plank, but I, I'm I'm actually I, I'm well. I, I'm, he
0: is. We'll call Wood, isn't he? Yeah, yeah.
4: clever, clever. church God, you've on fire tonight. Bloody hell, fantastic. You should Skype more often. I should. You should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh no the first 20 minutes um n- nobody covered themselves in glory. We we looked nervous, I think as Frank said there was an element of nervousness. And then we got the penalty which uh we looked slightly soft to say the least. I think he is very capable William of um of of when when somebody instantly goes down to 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 uh, for a, a, a tackle, he's in his element because he can just um, slide in and leave the foot in. Uh, so whether it was a penalty or not, he got the penalty. And uh, from then on, other than another moment, scary moment where VAR was employed, we were uh, we just got better and better and better. And the second half just saw them completely take off. And Adoy carried on in the same way he'd played against Forest. And I think Forest was a bit of a watershed for him. Because uh, uh, um, I know it wasn't a very good side, but it allowed him to cr- get confidence uh, playing at Stamford Bridge. And in the second half, he and uh, Rhys James looked a, 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 a really fantastic combination, um, uh, wh- whipping the ball in all the time, as did Adoy as well. And we look, we saw more of the player that we'd seen last year in the Europa League before his injury. So uh, I, I think it's it's perfect timing because, of course, because uh, is. Um, is uh, is still I injured. I
1: like that. What <laughs> yeah. a sickie.
0: I like that a lot.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so uh, so therefore um he'll be playing. Um and I think he's, now's the opportunity for him to to show his his talent because he's clearly a talented player and I think he he's been suffering because of his injury. Um and I think we, we we've been uh, uh we've been a bit critical of him because he's not been involved but the last two games he's shown his talent as is as bizarrely did Barkley who played completely out of his skin in the second half with these huge flowing passes absolutely to feet and not faffing as we established at the show last week that that's what he did as Dan said which he does he he wasn't caught in possession at all you suddenly think well yeah if there's a fluidity here like that he's then Frank's presented with a selection problem and all to the good fantastic
3: I have to say as well, he said, didn't he, we, we've seen the real Callum Hudson-Odoi now and he said, you yeah, know, if yeah. he carries on like this, he's going to be a great player. said that he enjoyed seeing him score inside the six-yard box. He yeah. felt he got more satisfaction yeah. out of that than him curling yeah, the, in a Curling one yard. in, yeah, because he always has a shot
4: and he's occasionally just, uh, some of his shots from distance uh, are accurate but not accurate enough. That's something he's got to, to improve upon because he... He frequently has a shot that's inches above the bar. Well, no, just lower your sights a bit, you know. It's, but no, I agree completely. And I was fortunate, actually, that Abraham didn't get his head to the ball for that because if Abraham had flicked it on, he'd have been offside. But it actually came off a Burnley head because they did the VAR on that as well and you could see that it flicked to Burnley head. Therefore, he was, he was onside because and also when the ball was kicked, he'd, he'd made his run when he was behind the, uh, behind the, the Burnley player.
3: Quick bit of, bit of trivia, fellas, like we always we always do on this show, of course. That goal... That 19 years and 65 days meant he became the youngest player to score their first Premier League goal for the club since
4: who? Jimmy Greaves.
3: Premier Carlton League goal. Carlton Cole. Carlton oh. Cole. There he is. Stanford Church has said it from the Skype airwaves. Yes, Carlton Cole, Middlesbrough, April 2002.
4: It's all. It's always from the, the Premier League start though, isn't it? It was like mm. Alan Shearer has been quoted as the best centre forward and it's always been since the Premier League was. In fact, Greaves was much more on the... The scoring sheet earlier scored more goals, didn't he? Three hundred and fifty something. But yeah. it's because he's, uh, it's that's all. It, it, that's almost when the the league was in black it's and when, white. When
3: everything started to be recorded, yeah, sure. in nineteen ninety two. I mean, at yeah. two hundred and sixty yeah. got far more. Well, not far more than that, but a fair few more than that. Of course, got his ha- a hat trick on his debut. Yeah, that isn't in the record books in terms of how many goals he eventually scored. Was that for Southampton? It was, yeah, 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 against Arsenal. Um, Fellas, in terms of the the home hoodoo, I know it wasn't too much of an issue, but there was that fear with that stat. Of course, first time losing three games in a row since I think it was nineteen ninety three. Yeah, uh, that's over now, so that's a good thing. Yeah,
0: Chidge. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was distracted by Look, This is the difficulty you see about not not being in the studio where you can't see what I'm
3: doing, and I was. Distracted. Oh, I don't. Chidge, don't tell us. Don't tell us. Chidge, come on.
0: Tell me the question again.
3: It was the 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 three. Premier League home games were well, the three games on home turf losing three in a row Of course oh, right. that didn't yeah, happen okay.
0: well I mean I was going to ask you anyway actually because um, you know Jonathan and I talked about this the other day but uh, I was a bit kind of you know whoa what's going on here no Kovacic in the midfield Jorginho we, and were we, we were disturbed, weren't we, Chidge?
4: We were disturbed by the selection, weren't we? Yeah,
0: well, we were I disturbed. Well, was a bit. Yeah. Know, it was a bit. But I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, that's the answer. Because if you think about it, and I mean, Matt, it'd be interesting to hear what Matt has to say about this. But one of the problems that we've had are that we've not had enough creativity to unlock uh, pretty stodgy, stubborn, uh, awayside defences at Stamford Bridge. And also, you know, we've have not had an effective width. And I think, the fact that we had more creativity in midfield and we had a really effective, uh, you know, wide play, william on one side and uh, hudson O'Doy linking up really, really well, Reese James on the other, uh, actually made it a lot easier for us to break it down. But the reality is, Matt, if you get an early goal, you get a, a goal ahead against these sides, it doesn't half make the game a lot easier because apart from anything else, I think it gives a lot of these youngsters a bit of confidence. And I think that that's perhaps also been an issue this season when they've been playing at home.
4: But it also stretches them, doesn't it? They have to try and get a goal back. So the uh, the two blocks of five um, aren't used as much. Unless, of course, they just carry on playing the same way and try and get a goal on the break. But it means that they, they tend to push forward a bit more and get a bit stretched. So it gives Chelsea more of an opportunity to do the quick passing. I think he's... Um, uh, uh, even Tammy said it do, during the week that uh, the the quicker the ball is passed the better a team they are i mean what slightly worries me about kovacic not playing is that he appears to be the great proponent of of this uh, the speed of of getting the ball out of, of tricky situations so perhaps it's that he's not um, i don't know i don't I, i'm I, perhaps not i don't know what I, I don't quite know who should be who should not play you know what? Who does he not select? If the midfield of presumably Conte will be playing this weekend, if presumably if the midfield doesn't have Jorginho well, is in that, it, is it, that
0: for real? I mean, if because Conte was 75 percent. Oh, still was he okay? Hammy, okay, yeah. he's still
4: got the hammy. Well, in which case, in a sense, it's possibly solved. But still, Kovacic doesn't get in if he plays Barkley again, um, and he plays Jorginho in the middle because b- before, um, with when Kovacic and Jorginho played, the ball was passed more quickly than I've ever ever seen it practically. And that was the way Frank wants to play. So I, I can't quite work out why it's all changed suddenly.
0: Um, I mean, there, it, 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 without kind of completely going off a tangent, it's a bit like, you know, trying to figure out the England cricket batting lineup these days. It's tr- difficult to squeeze them all into the, the one pot. And in a sense, uh, Mason Mount's a bit like David Burstow or, or Joss Butler. You know, you you really don't want to drop him. But it does create a bit of a problem because if you have him playing up forward, where I think he links up very, very, very well with Tammy Abraham, almost like a kind of a number 10, if you like, uh, but in an advanced role, you you lose that width because what Frank tends to do is to play him on the other side to either William or Pulisic. But if you have him in the midfield, uh, then you have to leave out either Kante or, or, or Kovacic and it, that gets complicated too. I mean, look, I'd rather have this problem than not having anybody decent no, Indeed, to to indeed,
4: it, indeed. yeah. Competition is great every time. I just think that, yeah, some people are critical of Mount, aren't they? But the amount of running I he does... Why. He's
0: fundamental to the way yeah, we play, yeah, Jonathan, yeah, and, Frank, and the way Frank wants
3: us to yeah, play. Absolutely, he's so... He buzzes so excellently. It's off-the-ball uh, stuff, isn't yeah, it,
0: that he does, yeah, that people just don't see if yeah, they're watching it on the box, of course. Yeah, yeah.
3: I was going to say, gents, to be fair, this is a great problem for Chelsea. All these midfielders trying to cram into one, and we're going to touch on N'Golo Conte next... Only 19 appearances in all competitions so far this season. Incredible to think how well Chelsea are doing, essentially, without him for large periods. All of that next on the Chelsea Fanshawe Life Sport. Chidge. JK. In all the
0: years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply.
3: See mcdonalds.com.
2: Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. It's
3: the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with the guys from the Chelsea Fan Cast. Jonathan Kidd. Hey, kiddo. Oh, you nearly forgot for the first time ever. I did. Well, I was
4: just thinking about what I was just about to say, actually. Okay, lovely.
3: (laughs) Stanford Church is with us via Skype. And in a moment, we're also going to have Clayton Beerman on the line, too. Quite a test, I tell you what. Three of you in the studio, but all in different. Places, but gents, before we move on, I want to quickly touch on Angolo Kante a little bit more because we were talking about him before the ads. And news has broken this week. Now, this is alleged, of course, this is claimed that apparently he was taken out of UEFA's team of the year. This is a fans' team of the year in order for a certain Cristiano Ronaldo to be accommodated. Now, the Team of the Year has always had the formation of a 4-3-3. However, once it was 4-4-2 a couple of years ago. But it has been switched this year to a 4-2-4. Now, apparently, Ronaldo had fewer votes than Messi, Lewandowski and Sadio Mane. But in order to accommodate him, it means that Angola Contes has had to drop out of the 4-3-3 formation well, in order to let Ronaldo in. I don't think they've, they've done it far enough. I think they should make it... Um
4: uh 316 from now on and have six forwards and just choose whoever they want and not choose any midfielders or defenders i just think it's becoming absurd now isn't it you might as well just pick any six proper players and if it was dealing with fifa in you know, a fifa games let's have um, let's have nine forwards shall we and just choose them and only have one defender i think it's absolutely ridiculous if he was chosen but why, why accommodate well, you know it's just somebody saying oops we've uh, we've left uh, somebody out who's going to get us a few uh, who should should be involved in this because he's 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 got the uh, you know the best shirt deal or something or whatever. I mean, it's just it's becoming absurd, isn't it? So.
0: It's pathetic, J.K. Um, Matt. You don't know this, but I've funny enough, I've just written an article about about Cante because there are also. You know, I've been seeing a lot of nonsense on Twitter all week uh, with people saying, oh, we should cash in on him and get rid of him and go and buy somebody we like on FIFA 20. I took my my 13-year-old nephew to his first game <laughs> at Stanford Bridge last, uh, last Saturday, which was, I mean, I, I think I was probably more excited than him. But I asked him before the game, I said, well, you know, who, who are you looking forward to seeing, you know, today? And the player he most wanted to see play was N'Golo Kante. And this is a 13-year-old kid, so not not for him, Jorginho, the fanboy's favourite, not for him, the exotic and wonderfully coiffured Willian, not for him, the young, exciting starlets of Mason, Mount, Tammy, Abram, Callum Hudson and Doyle and Reese James. No, he wanted to see a proper footballer, N'Golo Kante. And I'm delighted. I think my my nephew clearly knows more about football than
3: me, so I love him for it. Love, He's dead right. Love every minute of that, Chigi. and absolutely he is. And another man who may well agree with you is your good friend, your good pal, yeah. your cohort on the Chelsea Fan Show, Clayton Beerman, is joining us now. Hello, Clayton.
5: Good evening, chaps. How are you?
3: Very well, thank you. How are you doing?
5: I'm very good. I'm very good. Uh, I'm just tucking into sausages and chips.
3: Hello, Clayton.
4: <laughs> Hello.
5: Hello, toothless man.
4: Hello. Did you like that, character? You're all right, I did.
5: Didn't? I did. It's a fantastic character. I'm really hoping you've got a flat cap and a sort of waistcoat and a, a sort of a scarf. Yeah, he's got a rattle. And will you will you tuck your thumbs into the top of the waistcoat and start <laughs> doing the Lambeth Walk?
4: The other thing I'll say I'll say is when the ball is kicked down the pitch, I'll go.
5: Yeah, that's more like
4: it. As it just goes nowhere. As near, you swing your you rattle. rattle. Indeed. Um,
5: I I don't know what the what the deal is with uh, with Kante. Obviously he was um, he was damaged by. Uh, by last season and 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 it's hard to know how much damage was done when he played in the in the Europa um, League final because he obviously wasn't fit and was injected but still managed to put in the most ridiculous performance Um, but it's quite strange because they talk about his injuries but um, his performance in the Super Cup against Liverpool was probably one of the best performances by a Chelsea player this season so it, it's it's difficult. I don't know what the news is. I don't know what's wrong with him. Apparently, he uh, was it a
4: tight hamstring.
5: A hamstring.
4: Yeah.
5: Um, may, maybe they thought last week against Burnley that they they could do the job without him. But it's well, he he is our only world class player. So it's weird, isn't it? But it,
4: it was such a strange selection anyway, as, as, as Chij and I were saying that it, it's confused me as to. Um, uh, as to whether he was you know they they might be leaving him out this weekend if they do because they were happy with the with the the formation
0: and, um, and why not jk but i tell you what i mean you know this guy's played non-stop for 4 years solid i think he was in a select group of players who at the end of last season had played over 50 games and I mean the fact that we call him two Kante's means he probably played 100 actually in reality but you know he's played a lot of games and then you get an injury like like the one he got and it, and it quite often can lead to a lot of other niggly injuries coming up if he's not managed properly and I, and I think the one thing that I'm really hopeful for Is in Frank Lampard, you've got somebody who will always do what's best for the club, number one, but also will be sympathetic to a player because, of course, he only stopped playing recently. So, you know, who better than Frank Lampard to understand how to look after a a midfield player who's box to box effectively, um, but also who will need careful management with his injuries? so don't rush him back don't rely on him don't push him even harder because you know with N'Golo Kante if you ask him to do something he'll just do it because he's so selfless so I'm hoping that actually we can cope without him a lot this season and that they get him back to full fitness because here's the other thing you know all this rubbish about he can't play uh, you know anywhere other than defensive midfielder I mean uh, Clayton's absolutely spot-on about that super cup performance, but also, do you remember the goal he scored against Liverpool when they beat us 2-1? Mm, I mean you know I mean that very uncante-like, but he's capable of doing that. He's a world-class player. he's our only world-class player. You need to look after him because he will be back because form is temporary, class is permanent. But he
4: has to start being fitter, and if the way to do it is to hardly play in this season, knowing that yes. he'll be back for next season,
3: well, that's absolutely fair enough. Bang right? on, bang yeah. on, Jonathan. You are always bang on, Jonathan. And whether you're going to be bang on about the game against Newcastle this weekend, who knows? Now, you've won the last three against Newcastle, but when you look over the record of the past six before that, not always the best at St. James's Park in particular, I should say here. Lost four, drew one and won one. So the record at St. James's Park isn't the best. We have a tendency to
4: go there and I feel be intimidated by the... Atmosphere. Do you think? Well, it's. uh, I think they raise their game as well because we're we're soft southern. uh, um, What's it? And uh, um, yeah, we have put in some very very below par performances there. Nearly every time that I go there and watch, in fact, and I'm stuck in the uh, in the gods as one does. Um, It's almost as if they put a a renter crowd of um, of Newcastle fans next to you just to abuse you, so you can. uh, you can hardly uh, be heard. Um, there's a big din. It gets freezing. I remember watching a game there, and a solitary c- cloud appeared um, over us all, and then dumped snow on everybody. And Chelsea's performance got as cold
0: as the uh, as
4: the. I atm- hope you're not going this weekend, time. mate. I'm not actually, no. Because sound
0: I, like a Jonah.
4: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm a bit of a Jonah actually. Yeah, I mean, do you know? Yeah, so I've
0: got I, a really wonderful random fact for you, Matt. Matt'll wet his pants at this. He'll love this. <laughs> he says, uh, right, statistically right Newcastle away is Chelsea's fourth toughest place to claim all three points based on all time Premier League results with yeah. a win percentage of just 29.2 wow how about that yeah, it makes
4: man? sense it's always tricky there it's always yeah. we're, as I say we're never quite um, on top of it I it's, always isn't feel it,
5: isn't it true that um, that Jose's never won at Newcastle he certainly didn't win with us I remember that awful FA Cup time oh was his, I was Damien there Duff got off, or and we ended up with somebody different in goal. That was a that was a dreadful
4: that Was
3: that was the Clivert one wasn't it? was not it. Clive yeah, no,
4: scored. scored, yeah. But no, wasn't that where where um Shearer tackled um uh Wayne Bridge and who who was taken off and he'd already done it gone past his substitutes because he took oh, he took what, yeah, he, he took, took Cole off he took yeah. Cole off after 20 minutes, he did his thing. Um, because Cole was playing dreadfully, but also he had it in for Cole. Do you remember that period where Cole appeared? If Cole didn't track back, he would he would always um, uh, he, he, and, did the, uh, he
5: did the same to him at uh, at Fulham, didn't he? he? Took him off after half yes, an hour one
4: game. Yes, 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 He became his whipping boy to an extent.
5: I don't I don't know why. I mean. It... The, the Newcastle game over the last couple of years has always seemed to be a televised game for some strange reason because it's never ever actually a good game of football. Well,
4: isn't it because they think that they're going to beat us? Isn't isn't it yeah, become probably. one of those? It's always probably. there's a ba- there a banana skin. It's always yeah. that. Well, and well, I think once
5: again, down yeah.
0: recently we've lost one, two, three, four times since 2013.
5: But but we won last year.
0: We did I with think, an own goal.
5: I think the year before, didn't we come from two nil down? Um, didn't, um, was it Was it? Kante scored an amazing long-range goal?
0: I do done. I mean, we, we drew 2-2 confused? in 2015. That's the one you're talking uh, about. Like
5: when we were 2-0 down, and we came back yeah. to
0: draw 2-2. Yeah, I think you're right there. But uh, the years it's a bit of a bogey team, really, I think, isn't it? Although, you know what? Ray of hope on the sunshine or the sun horizon. Uh, Steve Bruce has lost more league games against Chelsea than anyone except his former playing side. So there you go. He's lost 16 games against Chelsea uh, as a manager. Blimey.
3: And 17 against United. You are the stat man this evening, Chij. I I'm am, because loving...
0: I'm, I'm not in the studio and I can look at my computer.
3: <laughs> I'm loving every minute of it, mate. Next, we are going to be getting an opposition view from Newcastle to hear what they have to say about this weekend's game.
2: Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio.
3: The Chelsea Fan Show here on a Love Sport. Me and Matt Beadle with the boys on the Chelsea Fancast. In a moment, we're going to speak to Steve Wraith from NUFC Matters, ahead of that game at St James's Park this weekend. But, kiddo, you've just got something you wanted to touch on.
4: Well, I, I just wanted to talk about the fact that a um, um, uh, dear man, dear actor called um, Derek Folds died today, who was uh, initially was Basil Brush's uh, um, alter ego. He was the human in the relationship, but was then in... Uh, um, uh, yes yes minister, minister Yes, minister, and uh, um, Casualty and Heartbeat and was a lovely, lovely man a terrific actor and of course a, a big Chelsea fan and had a season ticket until it was difficult for him to get up the stairs so he didn't go anymore but um, just wanted to mention him because he, uh, he was a big mate of my father's and they went to Chelsea together on several occasions and uh, um, um, he will be sorely missed a lovely, lovely chap
3: Absolutely, here, here, kiddo. One hundred percent. Condolences go out to his family, of course. We're going to move now on to Newcastle United.
2: The opposition view on Love Sport.
3: OK, so Chelsea do travel to St. James's Park this Saturday, 5.30pm kickoff. Newcastle have won just once in six league games, drawing once and losing four times. To talk about that right now, we have Steve Wraith from NUFC Matters on the line. Hello, Steve.
1: Yeah, good evening, lads. How are you? Hello, great, thanks. Good to speak to
3: you. Great to have you on the line, Steve. In terms of Newcastle's form of late and the form we were talking about with regards to Chelsea and recent results against Newcastle as well, they've won the past three against the Toon. How do you see this one going?
1: It's it's an interesting game. Um, Newcastle aren't really playing well, haven't played well all season. Um, The points total that they have is a little bit misleading and Steve Bruce has really got away with it so far. And um, obviously, a, a good cup result against Rochdale. I know Rochdale, but uh, <laughs> you know, but from from our point of view, it was you know, as opposed from a supporter's point of view, it's positive to see goals going in. Positive to see our forty million pound striker has finally found his level. Um, and, and notched against a. <laughs> You're not a fan uh, of what, what his, I, then. You're not a what, fan no, of definitely his. Definitely not. I'm busy no. having an online argument with people over him again. But it, you know, for for me, it's. You know, it, it is still a bit doom and gloom. The Rafa Hangover is long gone now, um, yeah, yeah. And, and you know we're, we're stuck with Steve Bruce. The, uh, the the annual takeover talk has just resurfaced once again on Tyneside, just as Steve Bruce is asking for money from the owner but to, has, to invest in. in has in the, the owner not
4: said that he's he's keen to uh, to splash the cash? Is that not happening? I was reading, or is that well, it, uh, would it, it be? It'll be invest- about five million, will it, rather than splashing.
1: Yeah, well, this is it exactly. It's always interesting in Newcastle. there's never a dull moment. But, I mean, our <laughs> chief executive before Christmas, Lee Charnley, came out and said they'd done all their business in the uh, in the summer window, and now we're in this position where, you know, Mike Ashley, you know, because Steve Bruce demanded transfer talks, Mike Ashley appeared at the Rochdale game. Um, and you know, for for for, for us, it's just a, just a, a constant merry go round of of, of and and you know, we're, we're just we're never happy, really, are we? We're never really happy. So Chelsea's probably coming at a good time. Um, obviously, I've been watching Chelsea's results most of the season. I always pay, you always know, pay attention. I've got a few mates who are Chelsea fans. My former business partner, Joe Allen, of course, was, was a centre-forward. Oh, forward Joe Allen. Oh, played, yeah. played, played for Hartlepool, of course, didn't he? he a legend he, at Hartlepool. He, he has a street he, named after
4: him. He, he once uh, he scored his first goal, I think, in a League Cup game or something. And he went, this is when the, the, the ground was at uh, Greyhound Track, and he went up to the up to the shed end to celebrate and got a bit lost. I remember because he, he, <laughs> he was, he was so keen on celebrating. You felt for him. It sort of went on and on. And in fact, in the program notes, the following week, Ken Bates said something like, it would have been nice. Cause it just made it one, one. I think would have been nice if he'd actually paid attention to the amount of time that was left, which the referee wasn't going to add on. And he just came, <laughs> which, which he came back and actually carried on playing the game. But, uh, but yeah, was that but, was yeah, when Porterfield was manager? I remember at, the, at that's that period. Right, yeah, he yeah, yeah, had yeah, yeah. he had
1: massive competition up front as well. Yeah, he did. And, he did. Uh, David Speedy and people like that. But he you know, that he, just...
4: he does a podcast, doesn't he? As well. He's a he's a uh, yeah yeah. He, he's,
1: he, great. I mean, he's, he's a new mean He's a canny, canny lad, actually. actually. Yeah. He will be. He'll be at the game tomorrow, and I, I, I've been down to Chelsea a couple of times when he's been the guest, and he always gets a great reception from both from both Chelsea and Newcastle fans alike. You know.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good for him. Sorry, I interrupted but, you. But,
1: but yeah. yeah, no. But from the game, it's, from the game's perspective, tomorrow, I mean, you know, Newcastle have got players coming back, which is a bonus. Our home form against uh, Chelsea, you know, in recent years hasn't been too bad. I mean, obviously, we lost last year. Um, Two one, but then previous seasons Newcastle have, have had a bit of a, a hold over Chelsea. Yeah. You know, I, I remember winning three nil a, a couple of years ago. I think there was a two two draw in there, and I think the games before that we won comfortably. You know, two one, two nil, three two. We've had we've had some great results. So you know, from my perspective, I think um, tomorrow is, is it, it will be an interesting game. Newcastle. Are, they're not, they're, not te- they're not a team to attack. You don't need to worry too much about, um, you know, goals flying in from all angles from centre-forward. Our defenders have scored most of our goals this season. Um, um, but, you know, it, it, it'll be an interesting setup. And as I say, with players coming back, the injury list is starting to lessen. We've got John Joe Shelby available. Matt Ritchie, who is probably our favourite player as, as supporters, is coming back. Kieran Clark's back. Willems, who's on loan at the moment, has done particularly well. He's back in, of course, the captain, Jamal Lassel. Had his first run out in the FA Cup this week. There's been unconfirmed reports as well that um, the enigma that is Alan Saint Maximin could be could be back in the team, and he's the player that gets the fans out of the seats. We don't have many he, players he worry, like that. He worries
0: me. He's a good player. Yeah, we, quick. You mentioned,
4: you, yeah, me, you he mentioned was, him the other day, didn't you, Chijji? He, really,
1: he potentially really could cause you. He could potentially cause you some problems because he's quick. He's unpredictable. He's got a touch of the Tino Aspreas about him. He doesn't know what he's gonna do, so so your defenders haven't got much chance of knowing what he's gonna do either. Has he still got um, the yellow hair or
4: will he change his hair? Still, haircut? He
1: still wears a head he still wears the hairband band and stuff like that. But yeah, look, you know, he is exciting. Um, you know, I was doubtful about whether he would be able to have an effect at the club and whether he would settle in. But out of all the imports that we had in the summer, he has really settled in. Andy Carroll looks like he's injured again, Kel Capri's. <laughs> which means we'll have to, um, which is mean, which means we're going to have to start my favourite player, which of course is Joe Linton, who uh, you know he's just flattered to deceive. I mean, you know, I, I do seriously think that there's been some kind of serious, um, you know, serious, you know, deal going on is it, there. He can't is mistaken him identity,
0: like um, what was that? That Southampton player, Ali, Dier, Ali or whatever Dier. his
1: name was Ali yeah. Deer, who was George Weah's cousin, who That's interestingly, right. who interestingly went from. Uh, you know, went from Southampton to Gateshead and then ended up playing for my pub team on a Sunday <laughs> for a game. Uh, and again, talk about finding your level. He came and played for us for one game. He played 15 minutes, scored two goals and we never saw him again, we, you know, so, it, you know, he found so his he, level, Ali, dear. Oh,
4: So he was quite good when he played for the pub team then. He was OK? A hundred percent, yeah. Two oh, wow. great headers, um, two so great headers
1: and... I reckon, I reckon head, when yeah. they signed Joe Linton, they
0: actually hadn't seen him play. I reckon they thought, Joe Linton, that's a proper Geordie name, that. And I thought they, they got him in and then they realised he's actually Brazilian.
1: <laughs> you speak to any Brazilian, though. I mean, yeah, there's, there's one or two Brazilians living in the northeast, and they've said, well, Joe Linton's not even a Brazilian name. So even they're exactly. scratching the head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's Joe, Joe from Linton or is it, you know. The, oh, brilliant. Steve, <laughs> is it, Joel
3: Inton? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, <Yeah>. it's <laughs> been great having you on, boss. Just before you go, a quick score I- prediction from you.
1: I'm I'm going to be optimistic as far as Newcastle fans can be. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Chelsea's played really well this season. I do, I'm a Frank Lombard fan. I'm really pleased that Chelsea gave him the opportunity and I think he'll go on from strength to strength under his management. Oh, See, really uh, you know, uh, I hope it doesn't start tomorrow, but I hope we go on a decent run because I've, I've got no animosity towards Chelsea whatsoever. So a good luck, lad. And, uh, Thank and you.
4: I think get... you always raise your game against us there, so I think it'll be uh, um, at 1-1.
3: Lovely Good stuff. Indeed. That was That was Steve Wraith there from NUFC Matters. Clayton, I believe you wanted to say something about Kepper. You've got about 30 seconds to deliver your verdict or to, li- to deliver your, your customary defence. I just
5: wanted to basically have a go at Jonathan. And, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, just, I just wanted to, to say that Jonathan was down on him on Monday's fancast. The Athletic um, had an article this week which was down on him. That's because of me.
4: They they, they wrote that because of me.
5: Well, maybe. But I just, I mean, I wanted to speak to you, Matt, because, you know, your goalkeeping views. But I just don't get it. I mean, you know, if you look at him, okay, he's not the best goalkeeper in the Premier League, but I can only think of maybe three or four I'd have instead of him out of the rest of the Premier League. I don't know what people want from him. Yes, they want him to be more commanding. There's no goalkeepers that dominate their box. Name me one goalkeeper who dominates their box. Nobody does anymore. Keepers don't do that. Clayton,
4: he's got the worst stats of anybody I in know. the Premier League.
5: I know, but that, that, that's basically because of the, the, the goal-to-shot ratio.
4: And the defence.
5: It, 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 yeah, it, I mean, he's pro- the defence changes every week.
4: You're truly you exasperated, know, aren't you, Clayton? It, it's
5: circular. A goalkeeper inspires his defence and a defence inspires his goalkeeper. If you change the defence every single week, how can the goalkeeper get used to it? How can, how can the goalkeeper give confidence to people who aren't there the week, you know, one week and, and gone the next? I know everybody's down on him. I just think everybody should back him and let's have a look at the end of the season.
3: 100% Clayton. Couldn't agree with you more. We've got to leave, sadly. We'll continue this debate next week on the Chelsea Fan Show. Kiddo, thank you for joining me. It's
2: great to be here.
3: We'll see you next week.
2: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Lovesport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Lovesport Radio on Twitter.
0: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go.